This is Ben Thomas, head coach of the Cheshire Phoenix. This is Brett Berman, GM of the London Lions. I'm BBL commentator Daniel Rowe. This is Josh Steele, the coolest two-guard on the planet for the Manchester Giants. This is Coach Sean Kilmartin, head coach, USA Select Basketball. You're listening to two of the baddest broadcasters in basketball, Drew and Jay and the BBL Show. My name is Tahir Hadja and you're locked in to the BBL Show. You're tuned in to the BBL Show. BBL Show. The BBL Show. Welcome to part two of the BBL Show's official season predictions. Who's going to win the MVP? Which teams will be hoisting silverware? And who is going to be your league champs? Find out next is Jay, Drew, and special guest BBL legend Ant Rowe give you their predictions. Drew? All right, guys. I know we got all 10 fan bases tuning in and got their volumes turned up. Some will be proud. Some will be disappointed. And we will say, hey, don't come at us on Twitter. Let your team prove it on the hardwood. But for our podcast listeners, we know that you guys don't have a form or graphic that you can see. So we'll try our best to translate it as best as possible. We'll start from the 10th team going all the way to the first. But We were all on the same page about the team finishing last. I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. We got the Plymouth City Royals. Did I say that correctly? Patriots. See, I'm I'm, going to get it soon. Plymouth City Patriots. That was a joke, guys. But anyhow, we're all on the same page. But I'm going to let Jay and Ant give their explanations on why. So starting with you, Ant, why do you have the Plymouth City Patriots finishing last in the league this season? Um, it's been a tough start for them in the BBO Cup, and, and I don't see it getting any easier for them in the in the BBO uh, campaign. That's not to say that they won't get better, um, but I think it's going to be a, a tough a tough year. You know, for the constraints that we know that they they can't have um, or can't hire uh, contracts to import players, so everything is is going to be British British bred. But then by the time they were recruiting, it was, it was quite late, so they they've had a very difficult start uh, anyway. Um, however, I do see some bright sparks there. I think they are already so much better with a VC Dusha on the floor, regardless of whether he's shooting the ball well or not. You've seen the difference in this team when a VC Dusha is on the floor. There, they are, they are better. Um, and and look, let's let's see. Uh, there's a rising star here. I, I I caught it last year. I said he was the pro, I, I said he was the most improved player of 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 of, of the whole season. And this year, he's he's a legit. Legit baller, um, Denzel Ubiaro. Um, he's got that Dwayne Wade about him too. He's just he's just relentless. You know, high energy, scores in a number of ways, and I think he'll carry them a lot this year offensively. Um, but why I've picked them at the bottom, um, they don't have as much talent as everyone else, quite quite plainly. Um, and they need to find some sort of identity defensively. I've been really disappointed with their defensive effort and execution so far. However, they've showed improvement. They showed improvement again tonight against the Leicester Riders, and they, they had a very ferocious zone defense against the Bristol Flyers the game before. So defense is something you can implement and you can improve, but they, they need to be one of the best defensive teams in the league in order to compete, and I don't know if they will be. Um, but for that reason, uh, they're, they're going to be uh, bottom, bottom of the pile this year just because it's a, it's a tough league. I think for me now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go in on them, you know, because like I said, everybody, everybody's just trying to do their best, you know, like, and that's one thing people have got to understand is this is a show and we're here to put a show on and we're going to talk some things, but also we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, I think 
that in 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 my honest opinion i think it's just it's just been a mistake i think it's a mistake by the league i think it's been a mistake by uh, the people taking it on down in the team it, you've lost your identity and losing your name which is just huge you know that's a that's a huge blow for anyone um you've you've just lost the best bbl mascot in the um you know in the in, in the country the most recognizable piece of your franchise is gone um and you know, it fi financially, it looks like it's not quite there, you know, like, so financially, if you're looking at the type of players they brought in, they brought in players to develop. And as Anthony says, they are going to get better because, um, you know, they, most of them are young, hungry, or they're players that just haven't been given a chance. And now they're going to be throwing a chance. But I think it's really tough on, um, you know, just imagine yourself mentally, if you're coach James, um, you know, almost having this, this perfect scenario, this perfect crescendo to your career where, um, you know, it looks like you're heading towards a Vince moment, you know, again, like wh whatever people think about what's going on with the Lions and Vince, like he deserves that opportunity. He's, you know, he's taken that franchise to that level and then having to revert that to going back to almost like a college mentality where you're trying to build a team and make a team better. So I just think all of those things culminate into just a really, really tough season for those guys. And, um, you know, I just think like for me, just takes a little bit off the season for me, if I'm honest, you know, and that, that might be a little bit harsh or maybe a little bit bitter to, to, to the fact that, you know, I'm a Raider and, and that's how that's how I'll always be. But yeah, I, I, I just think under the restraints and then, you know, the league not necessarily looking at how much finance is going to go in. You can do it with an all British team like Everton have done it, you know, so it's not it, you can't make excuses for um you know, not being able to have visas and being able to get Americans and stuff like that. You can do it, but this is a developing side. I'll finish. Ant is right. LVC Dusha last year was phenomenal. And I, I love his growth in his career and him coming in, being a leader will help them. Um, yep. Denzel Ubiario is stepping right up. He, he does have a bit of Dwayne Wade about him, but you know, I, I still think the jump shot's missing, which is going to hurt him. So when teams take that away, um, but yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna finish bottom. You know, may, maybe not a lot of positives coming out of me in that situation, but they will improve. They have a, they have a fantastic coach, and I know the people behind the scenes are trying their butt off. So you know, no offense to them. Drew, just before you um, bring this one home for us, uh, just to I guess start the controversy here here in our debate, um, I would disagree with Jay in that sense. Uh, me being from from Plymouth, um, I'm very grateful that there's still a professional team coming from Plymouth, and, and, and I get what Jay is saying, but the, the worry I had was Plymouth Raiders go, decide not to participate this year. We hear news later of the Plymouth Raiders limited going to liquidation. Companies don't come back from that a lot of times, you know, and, and that's it. Plymouth Raiders is done. Like, there's, there's no more pro teams in the Southwest or by Bristol Fly, which is 120 miles away. Uh, now, where the Plymouth City Patriots come in, yes, they could be uh, go 0-30 this year, right? However, where there's existence, there's hope. And for me personally, being from Plymouth, there's a pro team still in my hometown. And, and for that, I, I do respect it. I don't really want to get into the, the, all the stuff going behind the scenes because I feel like it's very negative and it's not very nice. And then I think where Jay is probably still a lot closer to that than I am, and he has, has strong opinions on that. But um, there's still a team there, guys. And, and for that reason, it's going to be a team that's going to be able to compete as well. They're, they're, they may lose a lot, but I think they'll compete. Um, so for that reason, um, I, I would say I disagree with Jay Merritt in that sense. And I'm just, I'm glad there's a, there's a pro team coming out of Plymouth. But let me add one thing. Like my concern about that whole situation is all around pavilions. 
Yeah. So if you put all that effort and they're, and they're really trying, like I said, behind the scenes, like I, I, I bet you they're busting their butt. I understand. I'm trying to do it here. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's so hard and I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but have they done enough homework on where they're going to be? Because if that venue's not there, where do they go? And then you've busted your butt and you've had all these volunteers and you've had everyone believing that you, you're bringing it back. And then it doesn't just quite happen. Maybe they've got a plan in their back pocket. And if they do, I'll, uh, I'll bow down to it. But you are right. Raiders are dead. Um, uh, as I said, and, and I'm just a bit of Rex that finds it hard to move on, you know? Yeah, I mean, both of you guys make some great points. And there's, there's really nothing for me to add on there. You know, Jay and I have sat on different sides as far as should they have continued on or taken out a year. And we don't need to get into that. You know, my only concern was that, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of fans on the socials say, we're just happy to have a team, but that sounds great. If you keep getting blitzed by 50 or 60, how long does that last? So the, the, the biggest thing for Plymouth is they have to show some type of improvement because if they don't, you know, fans are fickle. We know how it works. Like you could say that, but if you're losing by 50 every night, sooner or later, they're just going to find something else to do on a Sunday afternoon. So it was very encouraging seeing them, you know, have a competitive game against Leicester. So my concern is with you as well, Jay, is that I'm looking around the landscape of Plymouth and I'm like, where are you going to play? So hopefully they got that figured out. But, you know, we just we all three are, you know, we bleed green and we want to see the Plymouth organization be successful and be sustainable. So we'll see what happens. But as far as predictions, we're all on the same page. We're picking them last. No hard feelings. It's just business here, guys. But we move on to the ninth place runner up to last. And again, we all sit on the same playground with this team here. And I'll start off. And this is with the Surrey Scorchers. And for me, I'm probably the biggest advocate for, for Surrey and a couple of reasons why, because, you know, I play with with Macklemore, I play with Teo real close to those guys and Creon is my guy. He's one of the nicest, coolest coaches I've ever played for. But for me, you know, it's you, you got to prove it to me now, even if they I like the fact that they brought in new blood. They basically got Macklemore, Teo, and Dean Wangless returning, and everyone else is pretty much fresh, which is which is saying, hey, we got to clear this closet out. We got to bring something new, a new identity mindset, which Creon has done. But, you know, it's been the same story with these guys for the last six or seven years, at least. And for me, I'm at the point now where it's like, you know how they say about some guys in the NBA, like James Harden, for example, like, I don't care what you do in the regular season now. You got to prove it in the playoffs. This is how I am about Surrey. I don't care about what it looks like on paper with Andrew Lawrence and Gilchrist. You got to show it to me and prove it to me. And saying that, although they have two studs in those guys, we've already talked about that in the in the hot topic segment. None of us think they're going to stick around for the whole year. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at if they do start well, then what happens when those guys leave? What's the backup plan? Because remember, they're British. You're not going to substitute anybody better for them. Whereas if they were Americans, you could probably bring some a replacement in that's at the similar level, but you're not bringing another Andrew Lawrence in when he returns, neither a Rob Gilchrist at this point of the season. So, you know, two reasons why I picked them to, to finish this far is because I'm looking at their stats right now, according to Brit Hoops. And right now they're second and last to field goal percentage in the league at 41%. You can guess who's first. Um, that's Plymouth City. And then also what's really concerning for me is the turnovers. 
they're averaging 18 turnovers a game. And just to put that in perspective for you, the Sheffield Sharks are only averaging nine. So that's nine less opportunities that they're getting to shoot. And when they shoot, they're only scoring 41% of the time. So, you know, in basketball, that's a disaster for recipe. If I mean, if you're that's sorry, that's a recipe for disaster. If you're not shooting the ball well and you're giving it away when we know the BBL is a transition league and teams thrive off of running. So we know 60% of the times teams are going to score off those turnovers. So, you know, for me at, at this point, and I want to see them turn this thing around and be successful and fight for something, but I just don't see it until they prove it. And yeah, really, uh, that's a really good synopsis, Drew, to, to be fair. Um, I'm in agreement with, with all of it. And you, you hit the nail on the head when you said one thing there. You said um, it's the same thing year after year with them. I, I, I think they're stuck in time. You know, you look at the BBL six, seven years ago, they, they probably scrape into the playoffs, right? And they, they, or they make the, the playoffs but they haven't seemed to progress. The rest of the league, I feel like, has progressed um, via the quality of players, recruitment of players, the way that they play. Um, but sorry, score just seem to just stay the same and they're just getting left behind. And for that reason, um, I think they'll just miss out here. Um, it, it's the, the, they're like the team as well, the dark cloud over them. That, that's that's how I perceive sorry scorches. Whether it's to their fault or whether it's to their fault or not to their fault, they've got that that a negative outcome in them. You know, it's going to, that, that rain's going to rain on them, right? Because that cloud's following them around. And then, um, you know, I look at some of the players that they've got, Stanley Davis, um, Shaquan Jameson, you think, yeah, those guys could 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 hoop. Um, but it's just something about that whole, I don't know, that whole unit. What I will say is that guy, Tail Ogundembe, goodness me, like a fine wine, he is getting better and better every year. It's insane. And Definitely. he's... The way he's scoring the ball as well, it just it seems so much more effortless for him now. I remember like 10 years ago, that boy would work so hard just to get, I don't know, to flirt with eight points or whatever. He couldn't you know, even he dribble. <laughs> yeah, he was so athletic and you knew he was going right. And, you know, if he shot a three, you know, he was either going in or was missing by a mile. You know, he was one of those guys. He was almost good. Um, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like he is so finished now, um, so polished and he's so good to watch. I love, I love, uh, I love calling his games. Um, so I think for him as well, responsibility comes with, with leadership as well. I think, yes, he's the club captain, but I think it's really hard sometimes to, to lead a group of guys. And he's got one hell of a job this year because that's what Surrey Scorchers need. They need more continuity and connectedness together as a unit. That's what they do not have. And that's why they're not going to make the playoffs for me in my eyes. Yeah, I agree with you about Teo, and that's one area. I mean, he I've always said that he's the most improved player I've ever seen in my 16 years in this league. And, and credit to him, when I played with him in 11, he would wake up every morning watching NBA on his iPad, so he's a student of the game, so it's not by coincidence. And I think the next step for him is leadership, definitely taking on that leadership role to getting those guys to work in and, and following his league. But, Jay, you got anything you want to touch on there before we move on? No, look, just love the tail point, but look, fellas, if we could keep our bodies in that trim at this age with our knowledge, we, we would be able, probably be able to put that package together. So he's just done a phenomenal job in looking after himself, giving himself time, giving himself longevity. But like Ant said, he, he, he has got a tough job on his hands, especially if it looks like it's shaky for those two players staying, which we know are uh, 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 Andrew Lawrence and uh, Rob Gilchrist. And so we all are on the same page about the Surrey Scorchers, and we all have them finishing ninth right outside the playoff bubble. And as we move on to eighth, and 
for the BBL, the top eight teams qualify for the playoffs. So with 10 teams in the league, that's not asking a lot. So I don't want anyone cheering saying, yay, we made the playoffs. Well, you better when there's 10 teams. And so this is where we start to kind of tell off a little bit. So, Jay, you and I are on the same page about the eight team as we both have Bristol. So we'll start with you. Why do you have Bristol finishing eighth? Yeah, I think like you touched on, like it's the only th- the only thing about the league this year. Like, obviously, listen, I, I know um, uh, the 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 Wolves dropping out was a big blow for everybody and and a big loss. And then the level of Plymouth where they were that was a big loss because we just finished on such a crescendo and a high last year. It was amazing. And I think if there's one little knock on the league this year, it just is like perhaps the, somebody's going to get a playoff spot that. Maybe didn't deserve it in some in some respects, but um, I got Bristol playing eighth just because I think that um, uh, we, we've had Coach Andreas on here. It was brilliant listening to him that he just felt like needed a fresh start, needed to revamp everything. But I just see everything that I've seen before, you know. So that they've always had an eye for um, uh, some really talented Americans. So these Americans coming in, you know, they're great players, but we've seen great players coming in before. Have they just lost a little bit um, in, in terms of that British core that, that they had? I, I, I think that they have. And I think that, that that's probably going to be to the detriment of their, their performances. So, yes, the, the Americans look really, really exciting. Um, but I just think they're still going to have those, those offensive woes. You know, like they, they had a really close game against Plymouth. But I don't care like what le- level you're at. A derby's a derby, right? And Plymouth really showed out, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just, I just see a lot of the same, you know, so like, and we can be fooled sometimes, I think, by just how good Joel is, um, in terms of what, uh, what, what they're putting out They're they're literally top of the league, you know, or joint top of the league, sorry, Peter, joint top of the league for, for what they're kind of putting out there in terms of content and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think that can sucker us in sometimes, you know, the, the freaking Utah jazz version jerseys look amazing, but. Yeah, I just see a little bit more of the same, and I I think that's going to cost them a few positions. Yeah, that's a great point, and I'm I, I think that's why last year I actually picked them to finish fifth, and my reasons were because I saw the arena on the horizon, and I think I kind of was sold by the comms. Like it looks so great that you buy into it, that you think that the actual team is that great, but we know that has nothing, no reflection on what happens on the court. You know, the opponents don't get afraid because they have a nice social media page. So, you know, this year I've kind of fell back down to earth with Bristol. Although, like you said, we had coach Andreas on here and I will give credit to him that, you know, I addressed him about the predictable offense and they have kind of um, changed it up a little bit. They're playing a lot faster and like you mentioned, Jay, they have talented in Americans this year, which they usually do. But, you know, I just I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I know last year maybe the home court advantage was the reason why they didn't win many of those games and they get that back. But I'm just not quite sold on them. And Saturday night was a prime example of a game that you got to put to bed. You know, you got the Surrey Scorchers coming in and you're up in the fourth quarter and you let them go on a run and come and beat you at home. And so. You know, that that's that's why that's worrying for me. And and another um, as far as far statistically, a reason that I will say that they will be in a lot of games is Del Pesh. I mean, they lead the league in offensive rebounding at 14 offensive rebounds a game, which is phenomenal. So 
I think from just that standpoint, you know, that that's a skill that that travels well, that travels anywhere, you know, being able to get second chance opportunities. And so that'll help them. But, you know, I just don't see it. And and hopefully they prove me wrong because I like coach Andreas a lot. And then I'm cheering for him. He was my coach at the Commonwealth Games. But I just think that, you know, it's it's a it's a t- the, the top half is some tough teams. You've seen the North division. All those teams are good and Newcastle isn't going to be a one in seven teams. So I don't really see them um, leapfrogging any of those teams in the North. So that's my reason if we put them there, but Ant, you kind of went in a different direction and you have Cheshire at eighth. Yeah. And this is the one pick I was not as sure about in all honesty, because I really like Cheshire. Um, I said it at the beginning of the year. And um, this was the one I, I was really, so I wrote it down and I took it off. I wrote it down, I took it off. It, I really had a problem with this one. And um, I think Neymar Wright is is, is going to be a legitimate BBL all-star this year. I think he's always been that good. At, at, I got to see him week in, week out at Riders. Um, he just he just didn't have as many uh, shooting options as, as Riders. You know, he was he, he was in a system there with other really good players, and he just didn't get to. He didn't. His leash was a little bit tighter there. Um, but he was very efficient. If you look at his statistics, um, he averaged 14, 15 points a game. But he did it very, very efficiently. Um, very efficiently. Um, and he's showing now he's had 30 plus point games for. For, for the Cheshire Phoenix, you know, when you give him a little bit of a, a longer leash. So I think for him, he's going to be in the, I think we're going to be, I think you're going to be talking about him a lot in uh, player of the week. Um, and I really like the British guys. I like what they've, they've done. Um, I like who they, who they've recruited. However, I, I still like them, but I think they're very thin. They're very lean. When you look at a, a Mike Archerobia out of the equation, they are not as good. That's just one player, one good player, one very good player. Don't get me wrong, but one player is out of the equation. I looked at them the next game. I thought, oh, you're not as scary anymore. Um, you're not as impactful as you were six days ago. So they're just lean. And, and, and that's their one injury away from being very average. And when you look at that roster as well, incredibly exciting, bursting with potential and excitement. But where's the winners? All I can see is one BBO silverware. There's Ben, Coach Thomas, right? And Dang Kodo, did he win um, at Lions? Yeah, last year. He won at yeah, Lions, they won right? the trophy, yeah. Yeah. So uh, other than that, no one else has won anything in the BBO. And fellas, we've all been there. We know you need to have the horses that won before because that freaking helps when when it's when the game's on the line. And they just don't have enough of those guys. Um with the exciting recruitment, though, I think Josh, Josh McSpigan was a, a very, very shrewd pickup. Very clever. Very, very clever. I think he's a up-and-coming guy. I've seen behind the scenes of, of, his, of his raw talent and ability. If he stays healthy, again, another guy who's quite young and he's already had injury bugs bite, bite him a couple of times. If he stays healthy, he's good. He's really, really good. And he could be a, a prominent force in the BBO as well. So I think they've done a lot of... I've got more positives than negatives for them. And here I have put them at eight. So this is why I'm really struggling. I just think they are one, one injury away from being very average, very average. Um, and that's my my, my reasons for, for, for Putnam just, uh, just scraping in the, the playoff spot there. And you mentioned injuries. And I got a chance to watch them up close and personal when they didn't have Teddy O., and Newcastle blew them out by 20, and they look like a completely different team. So, like you mentioned, very thin, very weak, and they just better hope that Teddy O is healthy this season. So, at eighth, Jay and I are on the same page with Bristol and is with Cheshire as we move to who finishes seventh. And, Jay, I'll start with you because 
you actually have Cheshire finishing seventh. So just to piggyback off Ant. Yeah, so I've, I've got to say here that I, I think the struggle is, and, the, and this is more for Cheshire fans to listen to my reasoning, is that um, I, I think that four down to seven uh, really could be, I, I, I really truly believe all of us are guessing at that point. Like that's that's how I feel about these teams. Like there's there's strengths and weaknesses for, for every reason why one of them could finish seventh or one of them could have a, a, a great run and finish fourth. Um, you know, I've said before, like Giants, for example, I think that they will have the highs of the highs, but there's there's still some lows of the lows to go through. Um, but yeah, I've got them at seventh and it will just be interesting to see whether, um, you know, whether or not they make some changes, you know, that they synonymously do in a season, that they make some changes that they might see as an upgrade if if need be. Um but like I said, I, I think that they've been really impressive by how they've gone about their business. They've done it differently this year. Lots of British talent in first. Uh, agree with Ant on um, name on right. Like he's just, um, you know, he is a star. Um, and I think Coach Thomas um, synonymously brings the best out of a player in that position. Um, but surprised I haven't seen like one of his seven foot specials yet. So like I'm not... I'm not sold yet that that he's he's done. He's usually keeps one of them in the back pocket, and and they come in and 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 change the uh, change the game. But yeah, I mean it's it's tough to put them there. Uh, like Ant said, there's a lot of things that I like about them. Uh, Teddy's Teddy O's being a lot more aggressive. Good British pieces. Ocherobia. I'm a massive fan of Ocherobia. Like I'm way way you know high on him higher than most people gave him credit for down in Plymouth as well you know because when you look at um when they lost the big fella and uh, uh and he had to step in like they didn't miss a beat and arguably they got better so uh Cheshire at seven but reluctantly and so Ann, I'm gonna I'm a move to you because you have a team that's pretty aggressively attacked Jay and I on social media because they feel like we're not giving them enough respect. And so you got the Glasgow Rocks at seven. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're good. Um, I don't know. I think time will tell. I'm a big fan of Gareth Murray. I think he's excellent. Um, I think he's shown us already that he's, uh, you know, his coaching abilities there, his basketball IQ has always been high anyway, but I think the, the leader of men, question mark maybe that, that 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 was probably over his his name i think he i think he won some games he shouldn't have won last year and i think he's carried on to this year and he's still a really good player really good uh player uh in terms of not just shooting the basketball you look at the things he does he's, he's very good and they've got ali frazier i have to give a lot of credit to ali frazier because that's a guy that's came down to leicester last year was given a reduced role clearly struggled with confidence on a week-in week-out basis and, and he was it was a non-factor many weeks. You know, you would you you'd sometimes look and you think that guy was a a, a legit BBL All Star, and, and you know, and he's he, he's struggling to get minutes and, and put the ball in, in the hole. This year, he's been the the Alistair Fraser we know. He's been dominant. I think he's happy. You can tell he's happy to be back playing in Glasgow. Um, and that's what Glasgow Rocks have. And that's a very dangerous thing. They have a group of Scottish players that are proud and the pride is priceless. In my opinion, it's priceless. And they've got that, you know, in Bunyan, in, in Murray and uh, a few of the other guys there. So I think that's what they'll have in their pocket. I just think that, I don't know, I've, I looked at JC Hillsman and Jordan Harris, their import players. Maybe it's a bit too early. And and um, Elijah Mini, he looked good as well. And so there's, there's little things behind the scenes that's going on that 
they're not disclosing to us because they clearly don't want to know. Um, and I think there's this little fractures in, in inside the bubble there. Um, really frustrated about their press release as well. The, oh, we'll release the player tomorrow. I'm there on Twitter waiting for it to be released. And then they're telling me I need to buy a ticket. Well, I'm down in the Midlands. I cannot go five hours up there to find out who they're going to be signing. Um, so I was a bit, I did, I, did, I thought that was a bit frustrating. I think if, if you want to be all saying you know, all, all bell whistles, social media, tell us the good, the bad and the ugly. It, you know, they, they really went out big time and went overboard, I think, with a signing. And I remember seeing it. I was thinking in my head, who's Canadian that we'll all know? Because the way they, they portrayed it is like, we know this guy. Like, yeah. Charles Smith's coming out of retirement. Well, something big's happened here. And then they <laughs> released it the next day. I'm like, Dan, do we know this guy? And Dan's like, no. So if Dan Rowlich doesn't know, I don't know. So I was a bit frustrated with that. Um, anyway, uh, th- their social media, they're backward. And they don't have commentators as well, which is really frustrating me. So oh, I, think I'm, I, think, I think I'm like... I think I'm biasly maybe giving them a hard time here because of all the other stuff. I'm not really a big fan of what they've done this year. Um, but look, I'm a huge fan of Gareth May. I just think maybe they just don't have enough to, to squeeze themselves up in the up in the top top brackets there. Maybe they're not as deep. Uh, their, their talent's not as deep. Um, and for that reason, I, I would say they're, uh, yeah, they're around the seventh, seventh place mark there. And it's interesting that you brought up the point about being transparent. And that's one thing that I've, personally asked for for years like just like the nba if somebody's hurt tell us who's hurt tell us how long they're going to be out and i want to give a special shout out to the cheshire phoenix because when ocherobio went out there was a tweet there was a timeline and i was like okay like that should be the standard around the league why are we always hiding these injuries like let us know let the fans know what it is and how long it's going to be and then we can move on but i hate it that we're always in the dark with some of these teams so I just want to give those guys a shout out, but I'm rounding out team number seven with the Sheffield Sharks. Now, I know Sharks fans are going to probably be surprised here because I went on the Twitter and I was really ranting and raving after I saw them come to the Eagles arena and I was ranting and raving about Kipper Nichols and the point guard. But that was the second game of the season. And now that I've gotten an opportunity to watch them more, I'm pretty much seeing the same old Sheffield Sharks. I mean, struggling to score if you look at their numbers i mentioned this earlier they're only averaging nine turnovers a game which is phenomenal so that means you're getting shot opportunities every time but then you look at the points per game they're they're eighth in the league in points per game so i don't really see how that matches up when you are also top half of the league and still so you're getting turnovers you're not turning the ball over but yet you still can't score. And I think a lot of that has to do with the three-point. And we know how the game has evolved to the three-pointer. you got to be able to shoot it. And you see the Leicester Riders up there at 43%, and they're shooting 28%. So, you know, Aaron Anderson is a great point guard for them, and he takes care of the ball, 7.6 assists every turnover. But we know what kind of league this is. You look at Jordan Johnson, he can put the ball in the hole at the point guard position in the BBL. And we talked about this with Teddy O last year. You got to score. This isn't a league for a traditional point guard. So I'm just worried about where they're going to get points. And we see uh, Kipper. I just don't think that, although I really compliment him on his focusness and the way that he has that look now, but I don't know if he's the type of player that could be a lead guard on a winning team. Um, he's more of a, a role player skill set. So, you know, and, and then the, and the biggest shock of all for me is the cock signing. I mean, he was backing up Mike Tuck, and Mike Tuck is in his 34th year, 
And, you know, he's in his 20s and he can't beat Mike Tuck out. And so and they bring him back, which was really surprising for me. So, you know, maybe he's doing something great in the community, which we know a lot of BBL teams. That means a lot. But at the end of the day, like you got to produce on the court. And he had a big game against Newcastle, but that was against a Newcastle team that had five players. So I want to see him do that against some of the big boys. And and just for all those reasons that I mentioned, I just I, I don't see them even though I actually think their team is better, I don't see them better enough to like make a run at some silverware. So I'll leave it at that. So we wrap up at seven Jay with Cheshire Ant sitting with the rocks and I sit with Sheffield sharks as we move on to the sixth team in the league. And, and I'm going to start with you because you have a team that Jay and I have already talked about and you are pretty optimistic about the Bristol flyers at six. I am, Drew, and maybe it's part to do with, with Joel and the superb marketing techniques that they've got. I'm mesmerizing my opinion here, but um, I've watched the Bristol Flyers, you know, obviously over the years, and I, I haven't been very high on them. Um, I think they're very um, safe. I think they're a safe bet, um, but not not next level. This year, I've seen signs that's, that, that makes me change that. Um, I, I think... Uh, it's a big season for Bristol Flyers as well. They have to do something, you know, year after year, you keep going these years and years and years of being a good team, which is, which is great. That's fine. But there has to be that time where what's the saying, um, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That that's, that's Bristol Flyers. You know, they're good and they've made finals and they will beat someone good once in a blue moon, but they, they'll never sort of consistently do or get that, that trophy um, back, back down to the Southwest. And they need a big season. And for that reason, I think Kapoulis is recruited. I like the Americans this year. I just, I, I think they've got something different. Trajan Jacob, very impressed with him. Both ends of the floor. And I'm not just saying offensive, you know, this guy can score 20 a game. Both ends of the floor. I think their Americans can be can be very, very good. And I like that one, two, three that they've got. Athletic guards that will, that will play defense as well, the other end of the floor. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. The big guy, Zach Simmons... Uh, he, he's safe. Um, he hasn't impressed me that much um, so far. He, he's good and he's safe around the rim. And they need him to be more dominant. Um, you know, so if that comes in time, then I think that would just increase their their league position. But when we're talking about big men, Malcolm Del Pesh is not the same Malcolm Del Pesh we remember two, three seasons ago. This guy is, he's already on my list for most improved player. <laughs> we have, we've played seven, eight BBO Cup games. He's, he's different. He, whatever he's been working out with his brother in the offseason, I do not know what's happened, but he is a different different man like he looks good and um, just his knack around the rim as well scoring the basketball his movement he just he looks I acted like double take I'm like are you sure that's not the same guy that was there last year because he's so much better and I think he makes them better um one player in particular that I'm you know I need more from if I'm a Bristol Flyers fan I need more from Josh Rogers Josh Rogers is the team captain he's from Bristol I've been that guy. I've been the hometown kid that's had the the, the 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 privilege of being the team captain. You've got to do more. I think if Josh Rogers does more, that team is is so much more dangerous. We've seen him do get, have games already this year where he's done more. They've won they've won the basketball game. Where I see a big difference from previous um, Bristol Flyers team, I was sitting there calling the game when they beat the Leicester Riders. Guys, they weren't in the game. For 35 of the 40 minutes, Leicester Riders controlled the whole game. Last year, Leicester Riders win that by 20. They go on. They do that. They you know, were on to the next game. They just hung around. They had a lot more grit. 
That is a, not a word I usually associate with the Bristol Flyers grit. That's what they did. They had great, really good possessions on the defensive end. It got to the 35th minute mark. You saw a switch. You saw a switch. Trajan Jacob steps up, big shots, big plays on the defensive end. And that was a big turning point in my mind. Yes, I'm just basing it on one game, five minutes of one game, but they they, they had a formula there and, and their mentality was so much different that I haven't seen with a Bristol Flyers team before. Um and I think they'll get teams like that a lot this year. So I'm pretty high on Bristol Flyers this year. Um, I think they'll be, if they don't come sixth, I think they might come higher. Um, I'm pretty, yeah, I think they'll be good this year. Wow. And you bring up the Del Pesh point, and he is much improved, and he's a big reason why they're leading the league in offensive rebounding. But Jay, you got Sheffield Sharks finishing one spot higher than me. What's the reasoning? Yeah, I think it's where they always finish, right? It's in around that fifth or sixth spot. Like they're just they're they're unbelievably consistent about being in those positions. So again, like I've told you, four through seven is ropey for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure he's necessarily got the balance right. And I feel like they've gone right back into last season mode, which again there were some really great moments, like you said. Um, Anderson is, is is a really um, uh, a really good player. Um, they've obviously brought Cook back for more continuity, but then they had Del Pesh and they had Mike Tuck, and they've gone for Kipper Nichols. I still think they're missing the player that I talked about last year, which was a much more versatile four that could really stretch the floor and could really go scoring. And I think they've done the same thing again this year. And, but there's some really good pieces there. I mean, let's not forget Jordan Rotino, like the impact that he had last season was unbelievable. Um, you know, maybe a bit slower out of the gates this year, but I think he'll come, I think he'll come good and, and get going. Um, you know, and as a team unit, they are, they, they do have depth, you know, and that's, that's probably my one concern with Bristol as, as, as Ant brought it up, you know, is that Rogers has bumped up one. I think Rafael uh, Thomas Edwards, I think he's hit a ceiling of, of, of where he is and what he's going to be as a player. And that's, that's probably that little missing ingredient. And I think sharks might be suckered by the same thing by just not having that piece, you know, and I, I know you were, you know, you clown me early on in the season about Kipper and stuff like that, but I don't think, I don't think that's the player that's going to rise him up from a sixth spot, you know, and I I hold to it from last season going into this season. Yeah. And I'll round out with the Glasgow rocks and which is a huge accomplishment for these guys because they were in a similar situation that Plymouth will be in this year. And I guess that's kind of motivation that Plymouth can take that. This is the reason why you continue to move on even though you know it's going to be a tough time because you see how good the Rocks look a year a year fast forward from finishing the bottom of the league. But I think it's one guy and one guy only that changes his team, and it's, it's Jordan Johnson. I mean, this guy, and we had him on, on the show recently. He has a great personality, and he's just a stud, man. Like, he has, a, he has the body. He can finish. He can do it all. I mean, he leads the, the team in minutes played defensive rebounding, which is amazing for someone who's 5'10", steals, and also assists. He just does a great job at setting these guys up so nicely that it's no surprise that they are third in the league at points scored and field goal percentage because they're getting great looks. And I think he's even helping Johnny Bunyan. I mean, even though Bunyan has a lesser role, I think this is the greatest I've ever seen him play. I mean, he hit four threes against Eagles 
last weekend and he just looks really comfortable. And I think that Jordan has given him some comp, some confidence. So, you know, I'm really excited. I mean, anything that the rocks do this year should be applauded. So, you know, finishing sixes, it says a lot about their coach there, Gareth Murray. And then let's not forget about the great assistant that he brought on as well from Reading. And so um, he has a great staff behind him, but I mean, I think I'm with Ann. If I would have known that they didn't have commentator on, I think I would have picked them last. I mean, I watched them play against the Eagles last week. It took me two quarters to figure out why this game was so weird. And I was like, because they don't have commentators. That's why, man, that was awkward. So, you know, a team that's going to be pretty successful this year, it sucks for the fans um, who can't make it to games. Maybe, maybe that's their ploy to get them to the, to to the arena, but um, come on guys, we got to get some, get, put a bucket around the arena. Let's, let's add us some chump change. You got Kieran Achara there. I know his price has gone up now that he's with Sky Sports, but come on guys, let's let's get some comps. Let's get some comps there. But, but yeah, that wraps up our six picks, you know, Jay going Sheffield Sharks and with the Bristol Flyers and I'm with the Glasgow Rocks as we begin to hit the top half, we go to fifth and, and Jay, I'm going to come right to you because you got Rocks finishing fifth. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I said it last year, like I'm super high on Gareth Murray. I think he's got an amazing basketball IQ. Um, and, um, you know, I, th- I think if anyone's going to manage that dual role, um, I think he's he's shown that he's willing to sacrifice the playing a little bit to be more of a coach, you know. So, like, I think that he's starting to transition there. He did everything that I asked. He just missing one piece was that he started to build that Scottish <clears throat> that Scottish roster out. Um, so bringing Fraser back was was a really big piece. I think would have liked to have seen Mike Vigor in there as well. I reckon you could have could have maybe persuaded him to get up there as well with his Scottish passport. Um, but yeah, just. Um, just really impressed with him. Like you said, Jordan Johnson, he's probably my candidate to be getting on the commentary. He's doing everything else. So, you know, I think he could probably <laughs> probably jump in and fit one more statistic in there as as he's going along. So I, I think he's legit. Um, yeah, of course, like, um, it, 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 there's probably a touch of Gareth having to go through this this phase that you've got to go through with teams. You know, there's this whole storming, norming, performing type situation. So whatever happened with Mini has happened. Um, I, I agree with you, Ant, but I didn't get sucked in because they did it last year when they did the whole two Americans coming in and they made it seem like you knew who they were and then you were like, who are these guys? No offense to them, but it, there wasn't anything to get excited about in terms of knowing them. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I, I I'm really buying what 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 they're uh, what they're selling right now, um, and I think what they've done is that they've stayed very lean last year. They knew that they were going to have a really tough season in order to come in this season and probably bulk up a little bit, ready to move forward. So, I think they've got the structure in underneath. Looks good. The coaching staff amazing. So I'm going to put them as high as fifth. Nice, nice. Mm. And you got Sheffield Sharks. Yeah, I do. And, and it just one sentence, what Jay said, essentially, they, they always do it. So why not do it this year? It's, it's a simple case of that. And, and a lot of it comes to coaching as well. We'll talk a lot about players, etc. But I think now we're talking about the top five, top four. You know, this is where I think you see the the, the difference now in, in caliber. Um, but Atiba Lyons has did it. It's not an accident that he, he ends up 
being in the top four, top five every year. It's not an accident that he win a BBL Cup or a trophy or, or, or whatever, you know, every, you know, every every couple of years. So um, for that reason, uh, he's, he's obviously seen something as well that we don't know. I, I was very surprised too. I remember texting uh, Dan Routledge one day when I saw Bennett Cook had, had been, been signed again because I thought he was good. Um, but I thought that, that, that mentally, I think sometimes he clocks out and you, know, and you see weaknesses in, in him when things aren't going his way. But again, he's 6'10", he's, he's skilled and he's very good. And there's just not a lot of those guys walking around. So I get it. Um, but Team Lions obviously saw something in him. But where they've got, I think the strength now is they've got Del Pesh there as well. And this is the Del Pesh that that was dominant in the BBL last year. This is the, 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 the Del Pesh that was really good down in Bristol um, last year. And I think they're just they're just bigger and stronger and a lot more dangerous now and you know in, down down low now. Um, I like their Americans. Really, really impressed with Aaron Anderson so far. Aaron Anderson to me seems like a, just a. I think he was on your your show. He just seemed like a really good a good guy and, and does whatever is necessary for that team to to win the ball game. And that's a very very powerful thing to have. I think when you get a guy who's just joined you, that's 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 willing to buy in to that. Uh, and he's already shown games where he's had you know, get his twenty points or whatever. But he also he's there where he can get ten plus assists and and be a facilitator. So he's not so concerned about his own uh, personal agenda. Uh, it's all about winning for him, and I think that makes him really special for for that team. And and we look back last year. If you look at that guy Jeremy Hensley, for good man, he was really good. His statistics were really good. He was really good. And it's it goes it's like dating. You put a good person together with another good person. Sometimes it just doesn't work. That's what happened last year with Civil Shark to Jeremy Hensley. It was a really good player on a good team, but for whatever reason, the compatibility, you know, there wasn't enough swiping right or left or whatever you, you do. Um, it just it just didn't work. Um, and this year, I think it would work better already with 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 Aaron Anderson. Um, and they've got a bunch of guys that are returning. It's a good chunk to Routinho's back as well. Kipper Nichols. I think you're right, Drew. Kipper Nichols, it's the jury's out on him and just just that, you know, he's he's a really safe 10 points, 11 points a game guy. Like you can always sort of like he's always there, but you need him to sometimes be that 20, 25 points, make big shots in the fourth quarter type of guy. Um that's that's what we'll, we'll, we'll you know that's what we're looking to see from from him this year. And I'm sure Atiba is the same. That's you know you wouldn't bring him back um, otherwise. So I just think they're always going to be a team that's going to be able to get there because they're well coached enough and they've got all of the pieces that they need. Yeah. So I think five is 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 somewhere where they're gonna 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 be. Um, but no, they're they're Sheffield Sharks. They're very yeah. They're very Sheffield Sharks. <laughs> Yeah, very, very true. And guys, Aunt Rose said it, you know, they they got rid of Jeremy Hemsley because he left the toilet seat open up. So, you know, dating advice here on the BBO show. So But yeah, I got I got Cheshire finishing here at fifth and and I know Rachel is gonna be very excited to hear that. But I've been excited about Cheshire since the offseason. I mean, ever since Ben Thomas reached out to Jay and I about announcing their signing here live on the BBL show, just goes to say, goes to show how forward thinking he is as a coach and how forward thinking he is with that roster. And I think it started with Teddy O. And what I'm so happy to see is Teddy O, thank you. You've adjusted to the BBL and you know what this league is about because he's no longer playing that European style there he's being very aggressive he's picking his spots he's being very assertive there at the point guard position so you know that there is gonna 
lead them to success. You got a A1 Greece level player and a BBL, and that's aggressive. That's going to get you places. I like their roster. Neymar Wright is the game changer you need. I mean, he had a big night here against Newcastle Eagles. But I'm, I'm with you, Ant. I, why I have reservations because one injury away, losing Ocherobo is, 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 is going to be tough. But if they lose, if they lose Teddy O, which he was out for an extended time last year with the Bristol Flyers. So, you know, he hasn't quite proven that he can stay healthy over the course of the season. And, and so I'm concerned there, but everything that they've done this year to hiring Danny Byrne as their assistant coach, you know, you got a BBL level coach as an assistant, which paid dividends when coach Thomas was out recently for whatever reason. And he took over the helm. So a lot to be proud about there, Cheshire. So, you know, I got them finishing at fifth, but we move on now to the exciting part, which every team strives for. If it's not a league title, it's a top four finish. And so, you know, we're all around the same page here and Jay and I are with the Manchester Giants, but Ant, you got my Newcastle Eagles finishing at fourth. Explain away. Yeah, I, I wrestled with this one. And what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to put Newcastle Eagles you know, one, two, or, or three because of the Newcastle Eagles previously. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get swayed by what's historically and what I've experienced as a player and, and as a as a spectator and a pundit. So, um, I just, I just obviously, I've seen so many frailties with them so far this year. You know, I would never have predicted they would finish bottom, even even with 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 struggles or or, or adversity. I'd never predict what what's happened, and it's happened. The concern as well, why? And this is the thing. I'm saying they're going to be top four in a really good league, and that's a that's a down season for the Newcastle Eagles. You know, I'm sitting here like justifying my disappointing ranking of them. Um, but I just I don't think they, they they they've quite got the the roster right this year. Um, they've they've already had to make a change in, in Vincent. Um, so I guess we'll see what that 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 means and what you know what what player comes in. But that Shelton doesn't look particularly scary to me um he's not someone that i would oh, i don't know i would would fear um ramon fletcher i think was a really valid point you made um previously drew when you said he was someone that has not really been injured you know he's he is a, he is a legitimate mvp um he, he is but he hasn't had the the, the tests that many of our players have had with with injuries etc now he's got injuries he's, he's he's older now like does does that stay with him a little bit more does that affect his ability to to do what he does on a weekly basis. Darius Defoe um, played against him in, 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 in mine in his prime. You know, he was he's a beast. He still is a beast, but he's another year older. I've already seen him carry his team this year because his team needed him. Can he keep doing that, you know, time and, and, and time again in, in this season? I, I, I don't know. Should he, should he be required to do that? Um, but he's had to. He's had to do it this year. He was huge in that win. He was absolutely huge. The one win that Eagles had, it was Darius Defoe. You know, can you keep having the same script or the same narrative when players are getting older and, and it's it's it, you just I don't think you can. Now, what, what I do like of where they're at right now, um, Coach Mack has proven to to me and everyone else that he's a legitimate coach, right? You know, he won two pieces of silverware last year. He's recruited staff as well. Gary Stronach brought me back to the BBL, so that's he's awesome, right? He's a great coach. Um, he's coached all of us, you know, we know what, how good Gary Stronach is. And he's a, Gary Stronach is a leader of men as well. We all played for Gary Stronach because we respected him. We like playing for him. So I think they've got 
some really exciting things. And let's talk about the signings. Corey Johnson, you know, we've seen him just go absolutely berserk. You know, he he is a you know hands down, man's down type of guy. You know, he will shoot the ball from wherever, everywhere is in range. And you get him on a good night, he'll give you a 40 piece. You know, that's incredibly dangerous. Um so and, and with Lewis Sayers, please don't forget Sayers. I thought he was brilliant last year in certain instances. You know, he made some huge plays um, and made some huge shots. I just don't know, guys. There's something there. Really, um, probably tough as a British forward. I shouldn't be, uh, you know, criticising other British forward. Really disappointed with Johnson Thompson so far. I think all you can ask for as a British backup is an opportunity. He has had a phenomenal opportunity this season so far, and he has not maximised it. He hasn't, for whatever reason, he hasn't. And I thought he was really good at Worcester Wolves in some games. I thought that's a guy that could could be could do something this year. I've been really disappointed with with him. Um, so I just I just don't know if they've got enough. Um, Person looks okay to me. Looks good. I think he's got that NBA type of game. And if he gets hot, he's he's incredibly dangerous. But I don't know, guys. I just, I just think if Ramon Fletcher's Ramon Fletcher for me is just he's, he's legit. I need him, sorry, Newcastle Eagles need him to be healthy and do what, what Ramon Fletcher does. Um, if he's healthy, you've always got a chance to win something because it's Ramon Fletcher. Um, I just don't know if they can be consistent enough. All legitimate points, my man. And Jay, we both sit here at four with the Giants and I've already pretty much co-signed for them early in the show. So I'll let you take it home for us. <laughs> Well, I just think, like you said, we're 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 buying on on the Giants right now. We feel like they've constructed the right roster. They've got the right coach. I think Jamie Edwards has done a a, a great job. And and I think Ant said it earlier in the show. There just seems to be this buzz about them at the minute. That's that, that's the right kind of positivity you want around the structure of that team as well. So, um, I think. Um, very much to, to what Ant's saying. I, I do think it's going to depend on Dan Clark's health, you know, making sure that he stays healthy in, in, in long stretches, um, you know, but that's not all they've got. They do have substance around. It's not just the Dan Clark effect. There's, there's lots of other factors going in there, but I, I like them. I think that they've got good depth. Um, I think that depth's being used to great effect. And I think that if any of the, those teams that we've talked about, like I said, going from around that seven mark coming up to the four, if anyone's got a chance of of um, ju- just overachieving on their potential, I think it would be the Manchester Giants. Well said, my man. Well, top three where, Jay, you got the Newcastle Eagles and you got the Manchester Giants and I have the Leicester Riders. And I'll start off here. You know, it was really tough for me to pick them here where – you know, I can argue them winning the league, to be honest. I can argue them finishing first, second, or third. My concerns coming into the season was that I felt like Corey Johnson was going to be a bigger loss than what they thought. I felt like the roster wasn't as good on paper, but I am really glued in to Geno Crandell, and, and here's why. You know, you have a spectacular season. You're pretty much a celebrity in the basketball community. You are all over these reels and you win the MVP. And so for me, I'm looking at the little mannerisms. I'm looking at the intricacies of how you handle that. And so far early in this season, I see that he's a lot more aggressive offensively, which is great. He needs to improve his shooting. And I think he was exploited in the semifinals with the lack of outside shooting. And he's actually, you know, being more aggressive there, but the numbers don't prove that he's consistent yet. 
but I've seen like a lot more bickering at the ref, a little bit more complaining. And so um, I'm not worried about him from a talent standpoint. That's going to stand out. I'm just thinking of how he handles all of that. Now that we got fans in the building, that's going to want people, you know, people are going to want autographs on the road. So how, how you navigate all of that at, you know, such a young point part of your career and, you know, Nelson Henry's out. Don't know how for how long he has a boot on his ankle, on his foot. Maybe it's just an ankle. But for mm-hmm. me, that's worrisome because although Mo Walker's fit, sliding in really well, what Mo Walker has proven to all of us is that he can't stay healthy. So he's he's required to play extended minutes. And all that means is just more pounding on that hamstring. And God forbid, you know, you're talking to someone that had a number of hamstring injuries over the course of their career. You could do everything perfectly and they just go. You know, and once you do it once, you know, they just they, they're like a rubber band. The more you stretch it, the the looser they get. So I'm concerned there. But I mean, at the same time, I could argue this team winning the league. So, you know, I, I got him finishing fin- finishing third just because I think last year they had the perfect roster in debt that can overcome everything that comes with winning the league. You got to be able to it's not just your team you got to be able to handle so many situations be consistent handle the tough times but yeah i mean i can argue for them first but i got them here finishing third so and, and you got the giants at third which is huge for a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year yeah it's uh i, I think they've i think they've, they've, they've given us enough excitement so far and they've wet our appetite enough um i'm really excited about these guys i think dan clark in particular um, I quite like where he's at with things as well. I think he's a guy that um, this is what people don't understand as well. Just because you get paid a substantially amount more money, it doesn't mean you necessarily come to a British basketball league and dominate. In Europe, you can be really good at three things. Okay, you can be really good at um, hitting an open three-point shot. You can be really good at setting screens, and you can be really good at um, playing off-ball defense. Okay, if you're really good at those three things, you can earn a significant amount of money. Um, five, ten thousand euros a month. Okay. Now you take a player like that, and you put them in the BBL where you need to be good at seven, eight, nine things. They cannot adapt. They, 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 they cannot do it. They can't play to the same level. They average eight points a game, and you think, dude, you were averaging. At, so you were uh, making a hundred thousand pounds in ACB last year. You come here, you can't even dominate. I was really worried about that for Dan Clark. He has eased my reservations. Um, he has been brilliant, and I think he kind of part of him has that mentality as well as I cannot come back to UK and be uh, an average player. I, th- I think he has that in him. I, I, I look at the way he plays, he has that in him, um, which is incredibly exciting for the Manchester Giants. Um, you do not want a 6'10 dude happy with averaging 10 points and five rebounds. Um, and I think he takes pride in, in in his performances as well, which again, it's, it's, it's priceless. Um, if he stays healthy, they're going to be incredibly difficult to, to stop. Um, uh, we, we mentioned they're Americans already. I think they're Americans are good. I don't think we've seen the potential of the Americans just because I think some of their um, opportunities have been shadowed by the, the, the British guys playing heavier heavier minutes. Um, I was always a big fan of, of Josh... Just Steele, um, I think he's I think he's really good. And you've got guys that are from sort of that Manchester area again. That it's like Glasgow Rocks and having Scottish players. They have they buy into the whole, um, you know, 
genial structure of what's going on in the Giants. Um, and I've played with, with Jamal Anderson. I cannot tell you he is the best teammate in the world because he plays really hard on both ends of the floor and he is one of the most selfless guys that I've, I've ever played with. Um, he reminds me of you in, in a sense, Drew, as well. He is the guy that always looks after his body. He's the ultimate professional. He he will keep playing basketball until he, he's 40 years old if he chooses to do so because um, that's the type of guy he is. Defensively, he's an absolute animal. One through five he will cause you absolute problems and we've already seen it we've seen him make huge plays um down the stretch as well um to to, to change games um so i think jamal anderson will be huge for for those guys as well um and I, i'm a big fan of Whelan. i think i think he's got that that fearless mentality as well yes. um he's not afraid to make a big shot or a big play he's got that like little chip on his shoulder too. Um, and there's one player we've, we failed to mention who was pretty freaking good last year, David. Oof. You put him on a, on a talent, because he doesn't need shots. That guy is a freaking dog. You put him out there, he'll grab 10 rebounds, 20 rebounds, and and he'll just go, he's kind of like that Rodman mentality, a worker. Um, he doesn't need to, he can't, he's not a great talented scorer anyway, um, naturally score you put him in the equation you think good it's me i don't want to play giants tonight you know he's that type of guy and i think he can really add something to that team um just because they've got so much more talent this year so yeah you can probably tell by by my the tone of my voice boys i'm pretty yeah. excited about these guys. Yeah, I, think I, like it. I think they're i think they'll do really well um yeah let's let's see but yeah top top three for me at the moment just because of the inexperience they haven't done what the other my other top two um my top two picks have done in the last decade or so. So yeah, number three for me. Jamie Edwards, please stand up. Jay, <laughs> Newcastle Eagles at third. Yeah, Newcastle Eagles at third. I agree with um, what Ant's saying. I think they've got to go through some adversity, which is quite unusual for them. Um, but I think they'll get all that done early uh, and then you just got to watch uh, how dangerous they are. So um, it might be very different to how it was last year, but it will be similar in some respects. You had that big dip in and around the Christmas time going into the new year, and then you had to come back strong. I think that's going to happen early now. So you've had that real big dip. Um, Coach McLeod's got that experience. Uh, like, like you said, love you know seeing Coach uh, Gary Shronick back uh, on the sidelines. You know we we caught up with him in the um, in the summer and we were chatting away to him and he 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 was saying to us that he's got the bug back again, which is fantastic. So yeah, I think they're going to go through that adversity. I think they'll be better for it. But again, you you really cannot undervalue just how much experience matters you know and I know Drew you're, you're like one of the most humble guys I know but they've taken that one piece away you know and, and that's a huge piece to have I don't care if you're not playing minutes or you're playing 20 minutes or what having you in that locker room was a big piece alongside Fletch and Defoe how bad is the injury to Fletch yes is going to be huge because like Tone said that's a bona fide MVP. I think Darius would be okay. I think it would go another year, you know, but he shouldn't be shouldering the burdens that he is. So early adversity, but I think they come through it. And that wraps up teams finishing third. And so we move to the league runner ups and I'll start because I'll start with my Newcastle Eagles. And, you know, maybe this is more of a biased pick because when I look at it, you know, Cortez Edwards, Justin, uh, Justin Gordon, did we get better, the same or worse in those positions? And I think I have to say we got worse. As you can already see, Justin Gordon's position has already been cut. And Cortez Edwards was 
a triple double nearly every game. And it was a big relief from Fletch because he could play with the ball in his hands. And I haven't seen that Wes could play, can play with the ball in his hands over long stretches. So I'm concerned about that. But for me, you know, and we didn't win the league last year with those pieces. So I don't see how we will win the league with pieces that are a little bit worse. And I say worse. I mean, they're still great players. So just take that that statement with a grain of salt. But the main thing for me, and I, I've said this all preseason at the start of the season, is I was really concerned about Ramon Fletcher because he's carried the load for so long for so many years, he led the team in scoring and assists for last year. And what I said coming into this season, that Fletch can't go another season carrying the team. And can they play without Fletch on the floor? And I saw it from game one. I said, nope, they can't play with him not being on the floor. And the reason why I was concerned is because even though last episode or two episodes ago, I said he was Iron Man. He's only missed three practices in one game before this recent injury is that you know how it all works out, guys. Like, the more minutes you play, the more opportunity you have to get hurt. And so what happens against Sheffield Sharks? They're missing pieces. That's a game they have to win. So he's playing even harder because they're chasing the game. And then, boom, you go down with a freak injury. So I'm not worried as far as, like, his durability because it's not muscular. It's a freak accident. Someone fell on his foot. Anyone can get hurt in that situation. But I'm just thinking that he's – more exposed to injury because he still has to carry a heavy load, play a lot of minutes. So, and you brought up a great point Ant, is never being injured. How does he bounce back from it? Because sometimes you get injured, then it becomes a snowball effect, right? Something else starts hurting, you know, something becomes muscular. This happens. It's just the luck of the draw. I'm not psychologically, psychologically too. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, you know, all of that stuff was worrisome for me coming into the season. And, but I will say this, you know, I, I like the fact that McLeod has realized that, hey, we're not good enough in this position and we got to get better. And he pulled the trigger early and he didn't wait. And so they're going to get stronger. But my question is, is how long is that going to take? What's the situation? Visa's been taking ages unless you bring him in on a visitor visa. How long does he take to fit in? All those things that to do are that risky anymore, when you, what's that? Not allowed to do that anymore. The visitors visa, it's not allowed. So, not allowed to do it anymore. So there you go. You've answered my question. So that means that's a couple of weeks away from an American, right? Unless something um, drastic happens or they pull some strings that we don't know about. So, and then he still has to get in shape and fit in. So, a lot of concerns there. But I would like to believe that the Newcastle Aura will pull through. And I'll leave it with this. This is the one thing I'm worried about with them getting to a slow start. Is that they've lost the fear factor. They've lost the psychological battle because no one will be scared of them now because they've seen how weak they've started the season. So they're going to have to beat teams this year. They're not going to beat teams because they got Eagles on the jersey, which we would always be able to win a couple of games just because we were the Eagles showing up in all black. So yeah, but hopefully they live up to my expectations and finish second. But Ant, you got the London Lions shockingly finishing runner up. I do, Drew. And, I, and look, this is, this is uh, the, the question you know, poses, where do we think we're gonna, they're going to finish in the, the league? And I think there's going to be, there's more room for error for them with distractions, more room for error, I think, with keeping people happy, more room for error where um, by performances, you know, emotional performances as well. So if they have a real big Wednesday win in Europe, 
they've got to go to Friday to to Leicester, or they've got to go to, to Friday to, to up to Newcastle or Manchester, etc. So I I just think that um I I believe the London lines are better than last year. By the way, I, I go out there, I put my neck on the line. I think they're a better roster. Um, it's a big roster though. That that's the same worries I had last year is, is, is this year. They've just dealt with it better this year. I feel like I think the coaching staff have dealt with it better this year. But that's not to say there's not going to be problems. Um, I think where they have got an advantage is that you've got Derek Williams now. He is for me a legitimate B, um, MVP contender. I think he has been that next level every single year. He's got a little bit better, and now he he's put performances in already that I've, I sit there and think, wow, this guy is 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 legit. You know, there's not too many guys as athletic as him and can shoot the ball as him outside of the NBA. There, there just isn't. And and I think he's 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 really good. Um, whatever guy that that's already sort of got that MVP tag attached to him is Isaiah, Isaiah Reese. He's tough. He he's tough. Um, he's he's really good. So I think he'll make them a lot better. And there's one guy that's not even in the fray yet, and that that's Justin Robinson. You know, we saw him go out injured that last game of last year, and he's still not back yet. There's more in the tank from him. You know, you, you can't be an, an MVP by accident in this league, and he's done it. He's he's been there. So I think he could add another thing. And they've got players this year too that you just don't see in the BBL. Um, but you don't see really outside the NBA. In all honesty, uh, uh, Kyler Kelly. And the, the the ability the, you know, he's seven foot and he moves really well and he's athletic and he and he and he and he contests shots and and he dunks the ball he runs the floor he's kind of got all of those attributes you just don't you can't see it in the BBL you can't afford that it's really really expensive to to hire a guy of his caliber and um, they've got that Kajini now where where I think they've got good things in, in experience with Jordan Williams. Is Jordan Williams going to be happy playing 20 minutes in the BBL where he's been used to being a dominant force? Is Does he start getting upset? Does does the other guy start getting upset? That's where I see the fractures coming. Um, and, and, and can Vince McCauley and the coaching staff keep those guys on track? Because you win the league, you're the most consistent team over the course of the season, right? I can see frailties in the London Lions team when you compare them to my first pick um, and that's why I'm kind of going against the grain and saying that London Lions might they may win three pieces of silverware and, and a European um, you know successful European campaign but I don't think they're going to win the league yeah and that's why and that's why I, I don't I don't think that's why I come at number two boys and Jay you got the Leicester Riders as runner-up yeah th- th- this pick makes me nervous because it burnt me last year and I've kind of been a little bit seduced by this this European campaign. I see a little bit more substance to this Lions team. Um, but everything that Ant said is completely valid. Uh, my worry with the riders was that the loving for Lee situation, it's not a like for like, you know, there's no, it's not a direct replacement. I know you can look at him like in, in terms of body type and stuff like that, but he's a different player. And obviously, Corey Johnson leaving, I thought that that was a, a, a massive loss. A shame, really, because I was really, really enjoying watching him and Jackson play together last year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like they had, you know, some some real chemistry. You know, Ant loves loves his chemistry. But I, you just can't bet against the, the, this Riders team. You know, they, they've got the MVP in Gino, and I know that... You, you know, you can see those things as being cracks, Drew, but, you know, they might also be things a little bit more experienced. He knows he's got a little bit more leverage now. He's got a little bit more leeway. And these are all the psychological battles you've got to play in basketball. You know, you're trying to get yourself an extra call and things like that. You know, you're trying to put yourself in a more favorable position. So I think that they're just really, really dangerous. Health, 
it is going to be a big one. Like you said, Darian being out is huge. And I hope there's not this like flip-flop of, you know, Mo being healthy now this year and they don't get to see the best of Darian, you know, because it, I think that that will derail them. But they're, they're so consistent, guys. They are so consistent. And, um, you know, they, they've got that that one leg up over London. You know, when I saw that after I'd done predictions, I was like, oh, I knew, I know this putting riders second place. You know, I know Coach P's got something for me. So I'm nervous putting them second, but they're there or thereabouts. You, you know, they're going to put some more trophies in, in, in the cabinet because that's what they do. Yeah, we all know that they'll be around uh, no matter what, what, what competition they'll be, they'll be lifting up some type of trophy. And I agree with you on the Gino point. I won't be surprised if he's even better this year, but boys, we wrap up the show here with our league winners. And so Jay and I have the London lions lifting the trophy and, and we hope is not a biased pick. He has the Leicester Riders, but Jay and I will kick it off and Ant, you wrap it up with the Riders. but Jay, you start us off. Why the London lions? Uh, yeah, I just think they're better this year. I think that they, that they're they're better, they're stronger. They're I like their depth. I think, like you said, the coaching staff has had that experience. So Vince had this embarrassment of riches last year. It was really really tough. It, it, they've absolutely got to keep that on track. So if you remember that things looked really rosy to a certain point, and then things started to just come, you know, the rail. Uh, the train started coming off the rails a little bit. You know, there was some social media stuff going on in the background and it all became a distraction. So I like them. I, I'm not sure we've seen the best of Washburn yet. So I'd, I'd like to see him maybe come to the party a little bit more. And it's it's not about points, guys. You know, there isn't enough going around there for that team. But I think just performance-wise um, against Leicester, he kind of went missing and, and you just cannot. You have to put, a, uh, you know, if you're going to beat a Riders team, you've got to put in a full performance. But um, yeah, I'd like to think that Vince and the coaching staff have learned. They've obviously put in this general manager that's, that, that's you know, like we know about Brett is that he's more of a recruit. He's more of a, a guy getting this team ready for, for, for this campaign. Uh, will Europe be a distraction? That's a, the only question mark. Um, I'll leave on that one. But yeah, I've been suckered again, guys. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm, I'm going. I'm putting them in the top spot. I hope I don't. If I regret it this time, I'm out forever. But I'm, uh, for now, now I'm, I'm, I'm staying on the Lions train. <laughs> hey, well, I'm right with you. Um, this might be surprising to Newcastle Eagles fans, but I got to be a, you know, I can't be too biased on this show. I got to be objective. And they just, they just have the best roster. And this is, we, I can go down the line and talk about how Reese is my favorite to win MVP. Dirk Williams is my runner up and how Dirk is leading the league in points and, you know, third and three point percentage, but I'm not even going to, none of those are my reasons. My reasons are is experience is the best teacher. And I believe they learned a lot from last year. And this is a much more humble organization to the point to where our only criticism of the London Lions is about logos and jerseys. It's not about a player coming on social media and talking and they are just seem to be much more about business and 
and and and humble doing so and they seem like they got a great group there and 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 the fans might be saying the Leicester Rider fans might be saying well we just beat them the other day and I actually picked Leicester to win that game on a weekly pick so that's not surprising to me because you might think that well how can this team win two games in Europe and then come lose to the Leicester Riders that means Leicester Riders can do this in Europe no it does basketball doesn't work like that the reason why the Leicester Riders won is because Rob has been there a long time and he understands habits you know London Lions is and organizations, they have habits. Vince has habits, whereas some of these European teams, they don't know anything about the London Lions and so they can get off to a fast start. So that Leicester loss is not surprising to me. It doesn't change my feelings on them winning the league. And I believe it's all just due to infrastructure. You got someone in that's the GM and you don't have Vince trying to take phone calls, build a team, call the plays, open a club shop. He can focus on one thing. And so um, I think all of those things will go a long way. I have, but I have a quick question for you, though. If we were grading in the, uh, from 10 to 1 the, the, the worst logo in the league, which one would it be? I mean, come on now. London Lions, we would have <laughs> talked to them. We would have talked about them an hour ago. I mean, they would have been out the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, and I'll say it again, if the London Lions win the league and they do some work in Europe, we will both be saying, hey, Vince, send us a couple of those T-shirts, man. You know what I mean? The club shop will be sold out. You know, we know how this thing works. It's about winning. So I'm going to make um, my own T-shirt. I'm going to make my own Lions T-shirt <laughs> just to say thanks to them. But come on, Tone, lead us out. Yeah, brother. wrap us up, man, as you have the Leicester Riders win the league. Leicester Riders will win the will win the league for the, the simple fact is they they have the best coach in the league, right? So if there was a if there was a BBL Hall of Fame, Rob Patanasha would already be in it, and he's still active. Uh, he's the best coach in the in the, in the league, and I, and I think he is the best at creating most consistent teams, um, as we saw last year. And we don't we don't talk about this enough as well. Uh, I think because there's not enough transparency in the British game, and then there's not enough um, disclosure of, of of player budgets and player wages. But you look at the the, 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 the the player budget for the London Lions last year, you look at the player budget for the Plymouth Raiders last year, and um, Leicester Warren has found a way to, to trump both of those and, and, and were more consistent and, and won the league. And, and I don't know what Newcastle Eagles' budget was, but if you want to compare and contrast, it, Leicester Warren has found a way to, to, to beat all of those teams consistently and, and finish the, the league. And, and, and a league as well is not getting a good hot run heading to a BBL Cup or, or, a, B, or a BBL Trophy. The league is, is the course of the time. That's embracing injuries. That's adjusting to playing on a Friday night and having a back-to-back on a Saturday. It's a lot of different variables there that you have to, you have to be good at to, to win a league. And, and they're the best at that. And, and I think it's, it's a little bit difficult for the Leicester Riders because if you're not in the bubble, if you're not a fan or if you don't, if you don't appreciate um, just basketball, if, you know, if you're more so based on your own teams and, and your own fan base, uh, and your own fan, you, you watch your team week in, week out, and you'll see a guy that gets 25, 30 points and he's player, player of the week. You know, all bar, all bar Gino, Gino Crandall, there's not really... Um, it's kind of like Diana Ross and the Supremes in, in that sense, you know, like there's not really stars... Um, per se, public stars, but there are stars underneath the bonnet. Please believe me when I tell you that like, I have the privilege of uh, that's my, my 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 local team, right? So I do the comms for them on a weekly basis. I've seen guys there. Zach Jackson was injured all last year. He was all last year. Rob Patnastra recruits all across the states. He chooses to bring back this guy, Zach Jackson. What a reward uh, he he's given them already, you know. And and you look at the guy last year, maybe like Kipper Nichols in the sense Zach Jackson. 
plays hard, athletic, plays good defense, averages 10 points a game. Would you bring him back the next year? Probably not. Rob Panos has brought this guy back and he's paying dividends already. Um, Patrick Whelan, keep watching him. He's going to be very good for them. Jabril Adekoya, another guy, was was huge to today. Yes, it was a, wasn't much of a game, but he's been big in, in, in certain points of, of, of different games as well. So they've got these guys, Mark Loving as well. I think he's a guy that, he, yes, he's not William Lee, Per se, like you said, Jay, um, but he's got that bit about him too. He 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 fancies himself when the game's on the line, when things get a little bit sticky. He's popping up, hitting a pull up three, or or making a big play. So you've got guys there. Darian Nelson Henry will never get the, the credit he deserves because he plays 20, 21 minutes a game. If you look at what he does in those 20, 21 minutes a game, he is the most efficient player in the whole league. You know, his numbers, 12.7 rebounds in 20 minutes, it's really hard to do. Really hard to do. He does that on a consistent basis. Uh, and let's talk about the main guy, Gino Crandell. Okay, you do not come back to, to the BBL. You do not turn down contracts elsewhere for, for more money to just do the same as what you did last year. Um, and that excites me. That that excites me. I think he is very good at both ends of the floor. That's the difference between him, and I think, and a lot of the other guards. He is very good defensively, and he wants to play defense. Um, and he has the best plus or minus in the whole league last year. So when you look at all the players last year, he had the best plus and minus. That is not coincidental, you know, he because he, he plays on both ends of the floor. So I think he's going to be better this year. He has to be better this year. I think for if he comes back and he's not better than last year, he it was a poor choice of him coming back to the BBO and he's failed, in, in my, my opinion. And for that reason, I don't think he's going to fail. Uh, and he's going to be, if he's not repeat MVP again, um, Leicester Riders win, win, win the league. So that's my case, boys. That's why the Leicester Riders win in my eyes. I love it. And guys, listen, we've gone at it. We've put our necks on the line. Tone, listen, we, we appreciate you uh, giving us this evening, mate. It's gone on a little bit, but we, we do like to rabbit a little bit, but it's been fun as always. But uh, hey, we're going to sign out, guys. League predictions are there. We'll have the graphics done. We can't hide now, guys. We'll review them again around Christmas time, as we always do. And hopefully I'll be in the lead. But uh, until then, we're grateful for Big Tone. We're grateful to you guys for listening in. Let us know what you think about your guys' picks. I know there's going to be uh, clubs ready to chime in and tell us where they should be. Always higher, of course. But until then, Drew, lead us out. Yeah, big fella. Thank you for your time tonight. We know we got you past your bedtime on a school night, so we thank you for doing it. True story. True story. (laughs) But you're you're the people's champ, man. You do it for the fans, but you know they'll love you for the content. But once that graphic come out, get ready for the firepower, my friend. So they're on the socials. So, uh, but yeah, we we, uh, like like Jay said, go out there and give us who you think, and um, and let's let's have a, a, a friendly debate out there on the socials so um i know our producers will be going at us because we've gone way over but hey an episode like this we had to give you the real deal because it's a once in a season type of content so hope you guys enjoy make sure you guys rate review leave a comment and we will see you guys same place same time here on the show 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 Thanks for listening to the BBO Show. The BBO Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events and fan interaction. Until next time.